Welcome to The Coaching Podcast with Simon Blair and Emma Doyle, the show that explores how to coach for success in both sport and business. Simon is owner and founder of Five Degrees and is a customer experience coach specializing in sales and customer service for contact centers. Emma is a performance coach, mentor and speaker with more than 20 years experience in coach education, both in Australia and around the world. Welcome to season two of The Coaching Podcast. Our featured guest, is Mirban Iranchad, host of the Tennis Files podcast. After his dad introduced Mirban to tennis at a local park when he was seven, and after enjoying it so much, his parents soon signed him up for private lessons. At age 11, he entered his first tournament and got to the semi-finals and was hooked. At the height of his junior career, he reached a ranking around number 230 in the US. The highlight of his college career was when his team won their conference championship and played Duke in the first round of the NCAA tournament. After a break attending law school, he has since returned to playing tennis in local tournaments, and since early 2016, Murban has produced and hosted the Tennis Files podcast. Okay, the first question is the Vegemite question. So you either love it or you hate it. What's, what's your take? Have you ever tried Vegemite? I actually have not tried Vegemite, but it sounds uh, pretty healthy to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next time I see you or visit you, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you over some. Uh, you know the spread the spread on your toast there. Um, so in that case, I love that you answered with a positive. Could you tell me about your best coaching moment? So as a player, um, you know what's what what what's been one of your best coaching moments? I think my best coaching moment was actually as a, a college tennis player at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County is a, a D1 school. And so I played and, and we played against a, a conference foe uh, up at their, you know, venue. And then, you know, I was talking to my coaches and they, they told me a specific game plan that I should follow. And then, you know, I actually followed it very well and, and you know, did what they told me to. And then they told me after the match, which I won, that they were really proud of me for doing that. And I just felt really good about you know, what happened there. So, you know, I trusted in what they were telling me and it was really a wonderful moment. So. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Um, the next question is the sliding doors question. So, you know, when you think your life is heading one way, but then all of a sudden something happens or someone happens and you end up turning dramatically left or right throughout your, your career. Um, what's, what's that been for you or even, you know, with the tennis, your, your podcast, um, as well, the, the tennis files or something along those lines, has something come to mind? Well, yeah, I guess, you know, I, I kind of want to speak about tennis files because it's, uh, you know, I, I, of course I do work as a lawyer, but, um, you know, I was looking at, uh, online one day for tennis advice and then I just kind of was browsing around and then, you know, it just occurred to me, you know, Hey, why don't I just, uh, make my own website? I've been you know, playing tennis for a long time, I've gotten so, such great advice, and I think it's going to be really fun, and, you know, that kind of sparked my interest to create, uh, you know, TennisFiles.com, and then a year later, I decided, hey, I want to speak to, you know, so many wonderful coaches uh, like yourself, so why don't I have a podcast, just like you are, um, you know, and so that was kind of a different turning point, I'd say, from just, uh, you know, working the 9 to 5, so I added this on to my life, and it's been really a, a wonderful time, you know, doing it. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Um, the next question question is in um, a maximum of three words what do you think makes a great coach passionate uh, let's see what's in the word flexible and 
third word's tough here. Um, oh, you can stop it too. It's up to you. Yeah. Let's see. And a hard worker. I mean, you know, I kind of want to just express the third one is that, you know, you come to work every day uh, willing to work hard. And, you know, even if you have a tough day at the office, you have to do your best for your, you know, kids. So yeah. <laughs> hopefully those works are Yeah, absolutely. No, fantastic. You're listening to The Coaching Podcast, brought to you by Five Degrees, Australia's number one in call quality monitoring and coaching for contact centres. Visit Five Degrees, spelled F-I-V-E, at fivedegrees.com.au to find out how you can supercharge your sales and customer service efforts. And The Coaching Podcast, also brought to you with thanks to Emma Doyle, international speaker, mentor, and performance coach, specialising in communication, women in leadership, and coach education for players, parents, clubs, schools and coaches right around the world. Visit emmadoyle.com.au and discover your inner coach today. Hi Emma, how are you? I'm good Simon, how are you? Excellent, thanks. Good, good. Tell us about Murban. Yeah, well, you know, interesting how he came across um, me, which was through the uh, the Tennis Congress, which is a huge um, event for adults that want to be the best that they can. And so he did a bit of research and knew I was one of the coaches on that. And then he invited me to present on the first ever online tennis technique summit. And guess how many individual unique views they had? Ten. <laughs> 50,000. 50,000. Oh, Isn't that crazy? Nearly got it. Do you think this online online summit, um, you know, online conferences, you know, learning from home, do you think it's the way of the future, Simon? What are your oh, thoughts there? Well, no, I think it's, it's not the future. It's happening now. Like it's as we speak, the uh, I see it in the business world, the amount of stuff that's uh, just going online and the opportunities for business people like myself, because it's something I'm actually currently invested in um, developing, is uh, the flexibility that it provides to be yeah. any to be anywhere, work from anywhere, get all of that IP and get it out there to the masses. Uh, mm. That's that's the way to do it because mm. the technology is there now. So mm. so he actually has something called, um, a bit like us, you know, the, the Tennis Files podcast, so tennisfiles.com. And he, I thought, well, hey, let's get him on the show. Um, so he invited me to be one of his speakers and I thought, well, let's, you know, let's let's reverse it. And so his Great. first question, the Vegemite, so I'm going to definitely when I'm in the States next, I'll have to send him send him some Vegemite so he can actually try it. Yeah, I got the feeling that he thought because it's got the word veggie in the title that it's yeah. automatically just healthy yeah. and good and it's got vegetables in it. <laughs> maybe. Who knows? But he's a very well-educated guy, so maybe he just hasn't actually literally tried it. Who knows? But anyway, I'm going to get some to him. So I asked him about his favorite favorite coaching moment and interestingly he's gone to um college tennis which which as you know I, I played at middle tennessee state university and it is such an incredible experience to have that bond with the coach yeah um and the the relationship that you form especially as you know as a, a freshman and then sophomore those first two years are so critical with the rapport building the relationship building and mm. and that magical word that we hear in coaching trust yeah Absolutely. Well, it's. I think it's magical in uh, most forms of life, isn't it? Isn't it? Well, most walks of life, certainly in, in my world and the work that I do mm. is, uh, mm. as a coach and, and coaching managers and it's all about the trust. Mm. So uh, could I share one of you, you know, a story as, as we do on this show? Yes. I'd like to jump straight into one of my first ever college matches uh, where I didn't even realise that the, um, the coach can actually come on the court 
So actually on-court coaching. Right. So in bit, town, bit like, uh, sorry, Emma, um, what you see in Davis Cup and exactly, Fed Cup. And, exactly. And if you think about it, most junior kids' sports, so, yeah. you know, um, there's a halftime break or quarter break in, in, in football, in soccer, yeah. basketball, netball. In tennis, no, that doesn't happen, no. which I think is one of the – I think it's one of the appealing parts of the sport. But all of a sudden I'm playing this college tennis match, and if you can just picture six tennis courts in a row and all my – you know, we, we were all on at the same time and, and we only had um, – we had an assistant coach but she wasn't with us on that particular tour. So our head coach, um, uh, David, comes on court and he's sitting on my court and um, I was like, what what's he doing sitting on my court? I just <laughs> didn't even know. I was like, I'm like straight off the plane, straight into this experience, you know, uh, like a week after. And um, anyway, I was 4-1 down and I'm kind of um, – I'm noticing my other players are also down in the score. Right. And they're looking over at him going, like, like I need you. Like, yeah. come over on my – and I'm, I'm looking at him going, what are you doing sitting on my court? I'm not – like, you know, I kind of – I don't need you. Go well, away. In some, well, I just grew up that way. You know, it's funny yeah. how we grow up. Like, yeah, yeah. And I grew, grew up in a problem-solving world. Mm. So in many ways, for me, actually solving my own problem and working out how to beat my opponent – Was a normal is, thing. Is yeah. a normal thing. And yep. so it was funny because he's – you know, I was like, listen, you need to go over the other courts. Like, I'm, I'm not panicking. I'm just still working her out. You know, it's 4-1. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm cool with that. Yeah. So I've got this. Yeah, yeah. 4-1 yeah. down. Yeah. Oh, she's toast. Yeah. So – so uh, got it back to four, you know, four. Anyway, um, but that that for me, in being able to execute a game plan that has, a, you know, the, the coach and, you know, and potentially you've, you've derived together yeah. and to execute it on point, um, which is what he talks about was his best coaching moment. How cool is that? Yeah, totally relate to that. And, um, you know, that that's, I think that's. That's the thrill. That's the thrill of seeing plans yeah, come together. Come to come to fruition. And uh, sliding doors. Uh, again, if we could just, you know, I say again because we've spoke to so many um, wonderful people. Like, so I guess what I'm saying is the opportunities, especially for me, that this podcast has actually opened doors mm. has been quite incredible. Yes. Um, and the fact that, you know, he's, he's a lawyer by day. And, you know, by, by evening, he's passionate tennis player, obviously played at a very good level. And then he's still, that's what Tennis Congress is about, by the way, as well, still seeking to get better and better and better. Yeah. So, you know, rather than as an adult, maybe, you know, we, maybe we might be limited potentially physically or some people even get fitter the older they get. I mean, I'm not yeah. putting any barriers on anything there. But um, what I love is he's like, okay, well, if I want to get better and if I'm passionate about tennis still – how can I how can I do this? Oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start the Tennis Files podcast. So um, within that, Simon, then, yeah, I guess in coaching, in the business world, sometimes you have to actually, you know, it's all good and well to say, yeah, execute this game plan, which is what we were talking about. But unless somebody is accountable or under some form of actually real-time pressure, yeah. do they actually, you know, again... Oh, it comes back to... we've probably explored this a bit um i've mentioned it previously it's like if you can't measure it you can't improve it yeah so the, i think the accountability comes in from uh which you possibly take for granted in sport because it's literally measurable the performance the score. win or lose the based score. on the score yes, yes um well it's how do you it's getting injecting that as wherever you can into the business realm to create the a measurable uh, tracker of achievement yeah. uh, uh, or 
you know, quote, failure, you know, not that any, we perceive it, in, it's all about continuous improvement, isn't it? So it's, if, if it's not quite hitting the mark, how do we get better? And again, what is, what is the, the measurement protocols uh, provide you in terms of clarity uh, around uh, the improvement areas? Um, which, which is that critical bit that most people forget. I think if you want to get better technique is, is the actually I, which is intention. So having yeah, yeah. a clear intention, even before you have a business coaching session, uh, and the people that I mentor, totally. I actually, you know, before we even have a session, and, I, and I've got one after here yep. um, tonight, he knows that he needs to come to that session with a clear intention of what he wants to get out of it as yeah, well. Absolutely. So, And look, we've all been there as participants, um, being coached ourselves or as coaches where the preparation from either party hasn't been there. Uh, and and then the session suffers. It lacks that clarity. It sort of can bounce from one thing to another when when that's missing. And look, I see that a lot. It's a classic mistake for a lot of frontline managers that I coach uh, in their, I suppose, performance discussions with staff when they're giving feedback around performance and trying to formulate plans for improvement. Uh, is the lack of preparation often from the staff member? Because staff members, if you if they, they often defer responsibility for their own development to their managers, and um, the best managers, you know, create that accountability for the coaching performance session itself, and a lot of that is do your homework, think about where you want to get to, come up with your own targets, your own goals, and yeah, we'll talk about it, and they may shift and change during our discussion. But bring that input, bring that that focus, um, because it just anchors everything uh, to that. Because it's about the individual, you know. So you can't force people, especially adults. Uh, you can't force them to to develop and learn and try new things, and they have to want to do it. And so if they're not part of the the that preliminary step. Then I think it really inhibits the the success. Yeah. So what makes a great coach? He goes with uh, passionate. Flexible and hardworking. I really liked the um, what jumped out for me was the fle- flexible, which I'm not sure if we've heard that before uh, from any of our coaches. Um, and it's, I think it's it's one of those things where look, we've all, no doubt we've all been. So I certainly have. Where you get blindsided uh, through unexpected things that crop up. And from in a session, whether it's something that you're seeing from in terms of behavior or something they just say to you and it sort of you weren't didn't see it coming, you weren't prepared or uh, and, and you realize in the moment you just got to be prepared to change it all up. So even compared to what we just talked talked about with having all the clarity of intention and what what is this session going to be about and being focused, but you know what stuff can just happen. And so that ability of a coach to adapt in the moment to the reality of what's happening and the because oh, we're dealing with people. So Absolutely. the randomness of stuff and emotions uh, and, you know, maybe something's just happened to that person before the session started and so mentally they're in a different place and that might just throw up stuff or there's some deep-seated issues that mm. for whatever reason some innocuous comment you might you may have made in jest because of this great rapport that you have with your student <laughs> And actually, it didn't quite hit the mark, and it's you know many many reasons that can the curveballs can get thrown up. Yes, and I think that ability to adapt and therefore be flexible, Mm. as he said, is uh, is a critical skill set, and and can be hard. One of my favourite practical strategies that maybe our listeners might be interested in, uh, you know, I I love it when I bring a a group of kids in, and uh, you know, I've I've said, all right, 
who can tell me, what do you think was the purpose of that activity? And they say something that you were totally not thinking. <laughs> and uh, the best thing you can do in that, in that very in that moment is say, Fan, you know, pick up on even one thing that they said. Yeah. You know, say, fantastic answer. And then, and, and then either ask another great question. So, you know, that the use of the word and in yeah, yeah. that moment can, yeah. make, can make or break how they, that person's had the courage you know, especially as so you're validating the fact that they've yeah. they've come up with something. They've given you something Absolutely. where often many will just be silent. And, and especially, not can I say, you know, I I'm about to head overseas again, yep. and I'm doing even more work than ever in empowering of women and and mm. connecting girls with sport and participation. Yeah. I'm branching more into that on a broader level. Yeah, yeah. And I'm telling you now, it's it's uh, you know from primary to secondary, they say that the girls compared to a boys' self esteem drops by three point five times. Mm. So you know what I'm talking about. It is that, quieter. Yeah, and but having the confidence and the courage because one of the things, one of the workshops I'm running is about finding her voice. Yeah. And having the courage to find your voice, and this is the moments to be flexible as a coach in that situation, mm. to then be able to empower you know people to 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 have a go and just keep having a go, keep having a go, and um, yeah. you know it's same in the workplace. I know that uh, the latest stats also say that you know if a if a um, if a gentleman you know covers eight sorry sixty percent of a job application, then he's still going to go for it. Is the woman's looking yeah. for? A, she's got to tick. Oh no, actually, I only tick you know ninety to ninety five percent. You know, I don't think I'm quite right for the job. Instead of yeah. put in the application anyway it. and go yeah. for it. So I think that's something we've got to encourage our you know especially our, our females and 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 gentlemen. You know, or, or guys who are um, you know, who need that um, self esteem yeah. um, building. So I'm not just saying it's a, a, yep. a gender thing. That's I'm saying you know, but this is something that we need to be aware of within it, the people that we're coaching. And you're right. It's it's creating that environment as a coach is so important because I think the the risk is and the temptation is to defer to the usual suspects who are especially in I think team sport where you get a couple of dominant personalities. And um, taking, if you just take on board that and you don't seek out the uh, the insight from those that are quieter, then I think you miss out on mm. some really valuable uh, lessons as a coach. And just on hard working, um, I guess I just want to talk about you know and and acknowledge my fellow coaches here because coaching is one of the hardest jobs. Um, you know, obviously I'm talking about sports coaching here. You know, to be really good at what you do. Uh, often as coaches, and I'm sure you can relate to this in the business where you don't always switch off. It's, it's you know, you might run a lesson nine till 10, mm. um, but you're still thinking about the lesson or what needs to be done for that player or their schedule or, and especially, you know, at, at the higher um, performance end of the spectrum, you really, there's so much more work that goes into, um, uh, you know, the coaching process than sometimes, you know, obviously we, we often do get paid by the hour. You know, you trade time for money. Yeah, yeah. Um, but one of my earliest mentors, he said, for every one hour on court, you, you're actually, that's two hours of work off court. Well, it's all the preparation. It's all right. the, the stuff we've talked about already, isn't it? It's the, it's the work you put in pre the session. And then post the session, the analysis, the self-reflection of what could I have done better? What did I do well? What didn't quite hit the mark? What do I need to work on? Yeah. What are my learnings? And, the re and then that, that's just around in, you know, specific uh, sessions and specific uh, individual um, people that you're coaching. But then there's the broader, you know, your own self-development and research and just, you know, mm. let, your own continuous improvement. Let alone starting like a podcast. 
Well, that's right. On, on top of what, yeah. what we normally do. Um, I'd, I'm, I'm curious to hear his question. Should we listen to it? Yeah, let's go. Lastly, um, we, we kind of say, okay, do you have a question for the podcast? So what's that one thing that, you know, when you get to meet um, successful coaches or entrepreneurs um, in the business field, what's that one thing that you're really interested to want to know more about? What's something that really intrigues you and, um, yeah, that you want, to, want more information on? So, yeah, I mean, I think one of the most important things that I ask, I always ask this in my guests, is just, you know, what is, you know, your top, you know, key tip for helping us uh, improving our, our tennis game because I have, you know, a tennis podcast. So I always ask them for that one key nugget uh, for them to give to the audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A bit of gold dust, hey? That's right. I yeah. Gold dust. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Appreciate it, Emma. Thanks so much. So the, the question that he's has for coaches yes is am I right in saying what's your what is your key yes. tip what if, is, if you could only give one yeah so the key piece of advice yes. or tip that you yes. as a coach any of us yes uh, and, tend to go to or yeah I mean uh, it can be that and it can be also he talks about like the gold dust yeah, yeah. so if you if you could only say one thing yep. And, and that's even the beauty of our, you know how we say in one to a maximum of three words, what makes a great coach? Yes. It, it forces people, people to get very specific and, yep. and nail in what's that one thing that they believe makes a great mm-hmm. coach. So I think he's doing the same thing, but he's asking for an overall, he obviously asks for a tennis tip yep. because he's a tennis player. Yep. He's an enthusiastic, passionate tennis player that wants to get better. So, um, so from that perspective, I'd love to answer it. You know, my, my brain went two ways. Yep. So the first way um, is what's my best coaching tip for players and in that I went to the presentation that, that I actually did with on the summit for him because I, I really did um, it was rewarding mm. it was a rewarding presentation for me to give and in that tip which I touched on a little bit earlier would be practice under pressure in a meaningful game situation mm. so if you can make whatever you're working on resemble the actual game of tennis yeah and put yourself under pressure. So play. So for example, let me give so you a lot of practical simulated, uh, Yeah, play, in trainings. Yeah, yeah. So if you and I are playing against each other. Yep. So I'm going to serve seven games. I'd totally beat you, by the way. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I won't even go there, hey, listeners. Uh, I think um, we, you know, where you put your money. Uh, but we will uh, never step on a court together. <laughs> <laughs> Just like we probably won't have a um, a guitar challenge off. Um, so if we're playing seven games and I'm serving. So to actually practice holding my serve, for example, but you choose the scoreline, but I have to be up every game. So, for example, you might say, Emma, I want you to start 40 love up. So we play the game from 40 love and I'm working on holding my serve. And then after that game's finished, you choose again the next scoreline, but I have to be up in the game. And then we reverse it. So instead of... Could be six love down in a tiebreaker. (laughs) Um... Uh, bad, bad example. Uh, well, you're looking at me like yeah. I said the wrong thing. No, no, no. Just to get, so just that seven games. I was just talking about games. Yeah, yeah. So, right. but exact. But you're right. I mean, hundred percent. Being sorry, I should have been more flexible there. Yeah. And uh, I should have said, yeah, sure, we can do a tiebreaker as well. I can practice the different score lines within a tiebreaker. Actually, it's a brilliant idea. And yeah. So anyway, what is? Um, so that's my player top tip. So now I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna not handball, gonna say anything else again. I'm gonna. I'm gonna handball to you. What is your Gold dust 
coaching tip for our listeners? Don't assume. Can I, I, can I challenge you and reframe that in a positive way? Stop making assumptions. <laughs> mm, I'm going to push you even further. If you're not making assumptions, what are you doing? Uh, asking questions, listening. So, uh, but it starts with the stopping because often yeah. in the work that I do, a lot of the behaviour is um, as managers, they dominate the conversation. So they're doing all the talking. And for frontline staff, if that's who I'm coaching, uh, they're doing that with customers. So it's stop talking <laughs> is, is often yeah, where that's, it that's starts positive. from. Yeah, that's positive. That's good. Uh, and then, then you can start to focus on more listening or asking, yeah, obviously asking good questions is the key to uh, avoiding making assumptions. Mm. But I think as a, as a concept, um, yeah, st- st- making assumptions is the killer of good experiences for I think coaching sessions for customers mm. and and so but you're right then you have to look at okay that's great stop making assumptions but what's the technique to do that and, yeah. it, and it requires practical behaviors of yeah good questions and, and effective listening and also you have to become conscious of it because sometimes right. assumptions we don't even know that they're happening they're happening so subconsciously and we've been doing them for years in our patterning and our exactly. habitual ways so I think it's um I think it's an awesome coaching tip uh but and i think that's a good for me that's a good takeaway actually it's a theme of this whole um uh, of the interview that that you had uh is you know being flexible uh things that can just happen again you got to be so mindful of assumptions that you bring to the table as to how this is going to play out you know you got to be uh conscious in in the moment be present to, mm. So you can adapt mm. uh, to the situation and do whatever is needed in the moment yep. uh, that, that is going to work um, for both, I suppose, the emotions of the individual as well as you know, the practical things you're, you're looking to teach them. Mm. So so my second one, because I was allowed to remember. Yep. So my, co- my top coaching tip for coaches is to always make sure you put the player at the centre of the experience first. Yeah. So it's and not then about you. It's you not build- about you. Yeah, and then you build. Okay, so it's all about them. Remember, people management first. So yep. how do they learn? What's their behavioural style? What's their personality? How, you know, try and gather as much information as you as quick as you can. Yep. And read the signs um, through body language as well as you know the the verbal and non-verbal communication that they're giving you. And I'm talking about even if you've got a massive group, even mm. if you've got a big group, try and even. Uh, get some background information with the teacher. Um, this week I'm running a, a clinic for 80 year nine girls for one hour. So again, yeah. I have to know the, the, the culture of the school, uh, what I'm going to be getting, but I'm not going to just going to walk in there no. and just you, you know, do, go for it. Do the homework. I'm going to yep. do the homework. Um, of course I know the, the, the session purpose, what, you know, in terms of what they got, the activity, cardio, tennis, mm. um, you know, values around health and fitness, for example, but I'm going to be focused mainly on getting as much information, reading that, arriving early, setting yes. up. So in that first 10 minutes when they're walking towards me, what's the energy of the group? Yeah. yeah. And how do I need to... Well, tailor your approach tailor. To, to the moment. Yeah. Well, what is the right energy that's yeah. going to fit um, and, and, and connect and help that... Bring rep- out the best. That, that rapport. Without changing who I am as yeah, well. absolutely. So. Um, which makes me uh, think of when we talk about... Um, what, you know, which you have a lot of experience in and, and what you're about to do is, you know, the public events, public speaking. Uh, I've seen a, a number of um, um, uh, global entrepreneurs and, um, you know, business leaders uh, that I find 
um, I, I respond to really, really well when I see them doing keynote speeches and, and conferences. Uh, and that is the ability to completely tailor your pre-prepared um, presentation speech to the audience. And that is exactly what I said before. Don't make assumptions. Actually ask questions of the audience as a great way to start a session. It is. Do the show of hands. Might be two or three sort of checks that you're making. And you even tell them that's why you're doing it. Uh, and it's the act. I find that that's the key in, a key technique in sales is to declare your hand. That's what stops you from being the traditional salesperson. You've got nothing to hide. Reveal your process. So you can actually, for example, say, um, so I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions because I want to get a good read on the audience and not give you just a generic spiel and make sure it's going to work for you. The act of just saying that makes the audience respond and be more respect, receptive. Uh, and I've seen it demonstrated and work really, really well. And then, yeah, your question should be genuine questions in order to give you information around whether it's the maturity of the group, you know, the level of understanding or, or not. Uh, so you can really um, yeah, tweak and, and tailor the approach. So I, f- I find that fascinating, I like, which is what we do with the, the podcast, you know, the parallels between sport and business, just seeing what happens often well in a one-on-one interaction. But do some of those techniques also apply to a group situation or large, say, presentation? And I think they do. You know, so it all comes back to questions. Ask questions, get input uh, as a, a place to start. And I think the rest can just makes it easier to, to make good decisions in the moment. Can I just say that was a little bit of gold dust from you there, Simon? Was it? Yeah, it really was. <laughs> you know, just that I for me a great presentation straight away when I'm I'm even kinesthetically getting involved. Yeah. yeah. Myself, whether it be even uh, sometimes um, I've been playing around with this in in uh, you know the the Chinese qigong. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't like. I'm not an expert in it, right? But I get everyone. I'm actually, you know what? Just, let's do it for fun. Okay. okay. So if you if you're driving and listening to this, okay, please don't try this while you're driving. Pull over. Pull over. <laughs> okay. So basically, what you do is you you stand up, you put your arm. We'll just do one arm, Simon. So put your arm right out. Put your arm right out. That's it. And with your other hand, what you're going to do is you're going to hit your skin as hard as fast as you can, like that. That's it. And then when you get down to your hand, flip your hand the other way. And then come back up your arm and you do that around your whole body, right? And now just stop for a sec and just feel your arm. It's a little tingling. Yeah, (laughs) I was hoping you were going to use that word. Um, And it's just a great way. It's just a great way to get that audience just, you know, get them them ready. I feel I need to do something with my hands now. You know, they're uh, definitely tingling. That's good. So um, thanks for, um, yeah, thanks for sharing your insights as always. Loved, um, I really love talking you know, to, to somebody actually, you know, who's a player um, in this case because yeah, yeah. players, if we think about from the through the player's eyes and through the player's perspective, what's important to them is really the essence of coaching. Absolutely. No, it was a great interview. And um, uh, did you actually get to be on his, his podcast? Not yet. Not yet. Maybe you'll have to return the favour. <laughs> <laughs> Mervan, I hope you heard that. Uh, I'd love to be on the um, the Tennis Files. It is a great podcast. And um, I was going to say, yeah, for our audience, check it out. Um, absolutely. Uh, I'll, I'll do it. I haven't heard it myself yet. So uh, as a non-tennis coach myself, yeah. it would be interesting. Well, I always like... Yeah, we like to get different perspectives and the learnings you can get from that. There's so many episodes, you know, and they're, they're beautifully titled, so you can pick and choose the ones that probably yeah, yeah. might be a bit more specific to you. So um, I'll see you next week. Yep, thanks, Emma.
Big thank you to Murban Erinchad, our featured guest on this episode of The Coaching Podcast. Murban can help you improve your tennis game by finding out the best techniques, strategies, and systems that will take you to the next level. He created TennisFiles.com and the TennisFiles Podcast to help you improve your tennis game. Tennis has given Murban so many awesome experiences that he just wants to give back to the game through his show and his great online resources. His goal has always been to get better at tennis and he figures he might as well share what he keeps learning with others. The Coaching Podcast is proudly brought to you by Five Degrees, Australia's number one in quality monitoring and coaching for contact centres. And thanks to emmadoyle.com.au, speaker, mentor and performance coach. My name's Jane Neal, producer for The Coaching Podcast. Thanks for listening.